Chapel Bell Curl, a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Nathan. I'm Justin. And today, well, it's our first episode, so you're going to find out all about us and where we're from and what we're going to do here. And why we're doing this. And why we're going to do it. <laughs> um, all of those answers remain partially mysterious to us, so hopefully this will just be a beautiful journey that we go on together. Well, yeah. So, yeah, we're here. Um, talking about ourselves. That's always a fun thing to do. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's get some personal details <laughs> out of the way. Uh, one thing we want to be really uh, specific about in this—I was going to say intentional, but that's kind of a horrible teacher word. But one thing we do want to be very <laughs> serious about in this podcast is, you know, bringing you our own personal perspectives, and a lot of what we do as fans is reflected and reflects what we do in our real life. So we want to be very open about who we are and where we're coming from, and just sort of. Um, you know, give you as much as we can. So, Justin, who are you? Um, I am Justin. I have uh, the kind of perspective that I bring, the unique perspective I bring to this is compared to you specifically, I feel like I'm somewhat of a noob in the football world. Um, I got into football after our hockey team left back in like 08. And then I really got into football like 2010. The freaking Winnipeg Jets, man. Yeah, Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> they left us forever. Um, and so, yeah, I needed some sort of outlet, some sort of competitive outlet. And it's something that always itches at me. And so, um, to scratch that itch, I got into football and I had some friends who just kind of on a whim told me that I should join their fantasy football league. And I'd always heard about it and they were like, it's a lot of fun. You're type A, you like math, blah, blah, blah. And I fell in love immediately. Um, and then from there it kind of became a love of UGA football coming to Athens, came to Athens in 2011. Um, my very first game was... The South Carolina um, Georgia game between the hedges with Aaron Murray, mm-hmm. um, where mm-hmm. he shat the bed. Mm-hmm. I think we lost like forty-two to thirty. Was this the twenty eleven? It was the. I might have been that. It was his very first game at home. I feel. Uh yeah, that was and probably twenty eleven. Twenty dropped the ball and ran back like thirty yards. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I was at that game. Yeah, um, that was my that would have been my senior year in college. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um, I went to UGA. I have my undergrad degree and my grad degree from UGA, but I got into football when I was in high school. Uh, when I was in junior, I did not grow up sort of a typical jockey kid. I really like Magic the Gathering. I read comic books. I play a lot of video games. I didn't really get into football my until my high school years when I joined marching band. And one of the things about band that people often forget is that you know the band doesn't leave the game no matter what the outcome is no matter how far up one team is over the other so it got to the point where you know you only play between the plays and i could only try to talk to girls and fail so much (laughs) so eventually i decided to you know just sort of uh, learn about football and so through my senior year i went to carrollton um in west georgia carrollton city now just for the record and uh we had a really good football team at that point and so, you know, we saw, I saw a lot of really good um, football and learned a lot about it. But I would not say that I was really a fanatic about it until I came to UGA. Um, I came to UGA in 2006 uh, and I was in Redcoats, the UGA's band. And so, um, you know, college marching band is very, very football centric, much more than, um, than high school band is. High school band is very competitive and sort of like you compete for your own, it's, it's band competition for its own sake. Um, so when I got to UGA, I went from, you know, pretty interested in football to just like straight up fanatic about it. Uh, I went to, 
I would say 80 to 90% of the games between 2006 and 2011 when I was in um, undergrad and then 2012 and 2013 when I was in grad school, I, uh, I still went to many of them, but not quite as many. Um, and then let's see. Uh, so 2013, uh, my wife and I moved to Tennessee, to Knoxville, the heart of enemy territory for two years for her to go to school. And we ended up coming back. It's now 2017. So we came back in July of 2015, I think. Yeah, because we met um, later that year. Yes, because we met at the end of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, our, I was actually in band with Justin's wife as well. And my wife and Justin's wife, well, one day wife. fiance, very future wife. wife. <laughs> yeah, are very close friends. So we met um, then. But anyway, this is all getting around to the fact that now I'm actually on staff with the Redcoats. So my perspective, um, you'll find going forward, I mean, I very much do. I really like stats. I really read a lot of stats. I worship at the Bill Connolly altar, just like every good college football stats person does. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I go to all the games now. And so it's a very different, um, just like from an experiential standpoint, it's a very different thing to go to the games and kind of get this like unfettered view of it as opposed to seeing it through the lens of TV. And I think that's, you know, going to be kind of one of the things that we focus on because Justin, if you want to kind of elaborate about where yeah. and how you were going to be watching the games. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a big factor of uh, or a big facet of the, the podcast, I feel. It's just seeing the game from where we are. And I try to go to as many games as I can. And I did go to pretty much every game for about two years. Um, but after that, it, I became uh, entrenched in the downtown Athens service industry scene. And so I was serving the masses on game days and seeing it from a tiny TV, typically at whatever bar was or restaurant I was working at. And now I'm working at the brewery in town, Creature Comforts. Um, I like how it said the brewery, kind of like how New York City is the city. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a very cities. presumptuous. Of yeah, you. but there are not. There's not many like this one. Um, capital yeah. T, capital B brewery. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'll be watching it from the brewery. But a very unique thing happens in Athens during the game, I've found. And I've, I've found this in the, the last six years I've been working in the service industry in Athens is that for those like three or to four hours that the game is on, everything shuts down. Like you'll be balls to the wall, busy, like the busiest thing you've ever done in your life. Like there's a line out the door for three hours and everybody wants everything all at once. And then the moment the game starts everything stops and it's it's pretty fascinating to see that thing happen um and so i still get to watch the games because of that and i appreciate that um and it's just a neat, neat thing to happen so, well and i i think that really builds in pretty nicely to what we want to talk about next which is just like what we're doing here mm-hmm. and you know to me i i really like stats you know um i am a high school english teacher but i'm a high school teacher and I consider myself to be an academic and I really, I think, you know, I try to be like an objective stats, you know, informational person just in general, like mm-hmm. someone who tries to be pretty rational. And I, and I really, really, I love what stats give us in terms of a deeper insight of how the game works. But I think that stats are kind of soulless and meaningless just in a vacuum. You know, why do we care about college football stats? Well, it's because we care about college football and, you know, um, we like stats because, and I'm, I'm using like sort of the, the general uh, stats person we hear, not just you and me. Mm-hmm. I think people who like college football stats like them because they give us a deeper insight in the game in the same way that you would want to get, you know, in the same way that uh, um, anything that you would have a passion for, you would really go in hard on it. Um, I think that we, we use, you know, we use stats to get a better understanding of the way the game works and what we're seeing in front of us. But I think one thing that's really important to us on this podcast is to try 
to meld that all the stats and what we're bringing in sort of like objectively into our subjective experience and talk about you know what is our perspective what is my perspective on the sidelines and in the stands and on the field and what is your perspective from the brewery and you know how is that different from the media narrative of the game and mm-hmm. just like you know what um, what people are writing about the game in general and sort of the cultural sport zeitgeist of the moment and um I think that sort of is our core philosophy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, what what do you think? We're, what is this going to look like for the people out there? It's a good question. But I, I know that when you first start talking about stats, a lot of people usually tune it out. But the way we see stats, too, it's, it is, it's a narrative as well. It tells a different mm-hmm. kind of story. And Absolutely. It, it builds on the story um, that you would already be seeing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you can dive as deep into it as you want to and you can see where it goes. Um but that's kind of why why I enjoy it. And I also really enjoyed, um, I got into stats specifically and all the data that goes behind it because you can't, the, you know, the, it's facts. It's all facts. It happened mm-hmm. or it didn't happen, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I really got into it based on, um, I did the fantasy sports and I bet a lot of money. And for a long time, while I was actually in the service industry um, for now, it was a way for me to supplement my own income. And so it helped out a lot in, uh, in those times. And so that's kind of why I got into it and why I enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and this is a way for both of us to get back into it more so because yeah, I think so. Yeah. We both agreed that we don't get to talk about UJ sports enough, which is kind of a funny thing because we talk about it a lot already. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it, one of my, one, you know, one of my, the impetuses for me was just, uh, and I know this is similar for you. It's like in the moment of the season, it's hard to be reflective. It's hard it when is. you're at the games and, you know, the Redcoats go, for those of you who don't know, it's the hardest working group of people on earth, but the Redcoats go 5 a.m. to basically whatever the end of the game, about mm-hmm. an hour after the end of the game every day. So, you know, like I'm there for that whole thing. And there are times, there were definitely times last year and the year before, which was my first year with Redcoats, where I just felt like, you know, I'm watching these games, you know, I'm experiencing them. But then all of the fun I'm having just kind of goes away because I, I, I don't have a, an outlet to be reflective and to mm-hmm. be metacognitive about, you know, what I'm experiencing here. And I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry, y'all. Like, I have two English degrees, so I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah. up, I'm going to be up my own butt, like, linguistically <laughs> a lot of the time. So if you just want to just edit that out of your mind. Um, <laughs> no, you're going to say a bunch of stuff. You're, you're more of the, you're the poet of the two of us, I would say. For sure. And actually, I, I think that's a good point. Like the the way I come to stats is that, um, you know, I like narratives and mm-hmm. I don't like false narratives. And I, one of the things, and you can ask my wife this, one of the things that drives me insane about broadcasts of all sports is just the sort of like dog chasing an ambulance nature of modern sports broadcasting. <laughs> and sort of just like they will seize on whatever the moment is to make it the most exciting thing. And I really, you know, what I, what I value is what is actually happening at like a real fundamental schematic level, mm-hmm. especially in football. Cause I think that um, if we're just going to reveal background information about ourselves, like I wor- I've worked in the athletic department in various academic roles throughout the years. And one thing that I've noticed is that, um, you know, and trying and getting a little, getting a little more uh, in depth view of, yeah, the athletic department and of like how the football players think and how they talk, you know, they have a, they have a much deeper perspective of what's going on in the game. Mm-hmm. And so that, and I think that's the real narrative. It's the, the real narrative is, is the most informed possible stats based meeting or stats based perspective that meets up with our subjective perspectives, not just this purely subjective sort of like, um, Ric Flair style WrestleMania. <laughs> 
like whatever oh man he got jacked up and it's like yeah sure but he definitely did but but why why did that happen yeah Mm -hmm. any you know uh bill Connolly is fond of saying that the the biggest problem with stats in college football is that you have 18 year olds playing with an oblong ball and that's true so there definitely is like a there's a chaotic aspect to football which is why we like it but generally speaking the chaos there's a reason for it and there's and i think there's a there's a reason that one thing fails and one thing works. You know, mm-hmm. wh- you know, it's a zero sum game. So there's always a reason that you know the defense succeeds and the offense fails, or vice versa. Yeah. So and it's all stat based. Yeah. So what we're gonna do here, and we, I guess we can take this part out if we need to. Yeah. That's if fine. it ends up. So what we're thinking that we're gonna do here is we will um, each week we will publish. Um, across the week, a series of shorter episodes where we talk about just sort of the 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 wet or the width and breadth of the college football season um, week to week. So we will do a a game review where we'll talk about the uh, the statistics that went into the game and you know what was our perspectives watching and being at the games. And then we will do you know going forward later on the week. Each week we will do a game preview. Um, and then also possibly a sort of like SEC um, national college football mini episode where we talk about just sort of how the season is going um, throughout the whole nation. Um, so each week you can probably look forward to, and we're not totally sure on these numbers, but somewhere between two and four smaller episodes um, yeah. each week. And I think it, even as you spoke about it, just the idea of reflection, this is going to be as we see the need for sports reflection is when we're going right. to record, I feel. Yeah. So if we need, you know, if something happens in the middle of the week, um, we will usually probably record at the beginning of the week once the S&P Plus numbers mm-hmm. drop um, and the FEI numbers drop. But if in the middle of the week, like, I don't know, Hugh Freeze, like, texts Donald Trump's hookers or something. Um, <laughs> if that happens, like, we will definitely talk do, about We it. are definitely going to talk about it. So, <laughs> if our star running back uh, uh, signs a bunch of stuff in the back of a car and, and gets, sells it. Yep. You know, I knew someone who lived in that uh, apartment that complex, complex where he did it. Yeah. Oh, my God. How did he, wait, how did he, okay, so they just said where it was, I guess? And yeah, was, yeah. Well, I mean, it was like a known thing at that point, I think. Oh, the, that's where it happened? Yeah. That's yeah. So crazy. God, Todd Gurley. God, I'll I always remember where it was. Between happened. him and A.J. Green, and Jesus, don't don't let me get off, off on this rant here, but like, okay, so A.J. Green is out for four, A.J. Green sells his bull jersey, mm-hmm. and he's out for four games. He comes back during the Colorado game, and we, we lose to, and I think this was 2010 2011 yeah, yeah 2010 we he's out for four games and we do okay but then he comes back for the colorado game at colorado and we lose to like a three and nine colorado team or something and i will never forget just being like you did this yeah this is your fault you did this damon this is evans karmic you did this yeah. and then it, oh god it's it's it incenses me the way our athletic department works we never have we always do like Everybody says this stuff about the Georgia way, but I think what the Georgia way is in some extent is just like, to some extent, it's just like, we're not going to get in trouble. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. You know, the whole Jan Kemp thing happened and I don't think we've ever recovered. All right. Way off track. <laughs> we could talk about that for hours. We're 20 minutes in and I'm already ranting about Jan Kemp. So there's, move- there's even a good chance that might be some episodes. <laughs> yeah. We, we will do a Jan Kemp episode for, for, for sure, because as someone who is a UGA fan and also has two English degrees from UGA, that's like a, a real stat, stabs me close to the, the heart. Okay, so let's talk about stats. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of it. The nitty-gritty. Let's talk about the stats that we are going to use each week and preview them. Um, I will go ahead and tell you that 
we are cribbing a lot of this from footballstudyhall.com. Mm-hmm. If you have not gotten on footballstudyhall.com, you need to. You miss now. And they pull a lot of their stuff from um, Pro Football Focus, I know. Um, but Football Study Hall is a great place to go. It's an SB Nation blog. Uh, we're giving them like free advertising now. Um, and we will pull a lot of our stats from there. So let's go through. So um, the in my opinion, and I could be wrong, uh, my favorite sort of holistic uh, power ranking efficiency stat for college football is S&P Plus. Yes. Um, this is S&P Plus is in the same, if you're familiar with uh, MLB or NFL stats, it's in the same realm as like DVOA um, or war from uh, f- baseball. It does different things, but it's just sort of like a holistic a measure of how good a team is at any given time. Mm-hmm. In the same way that war is a holistic measure of how good a player is over a replacement player and DVOA is about how efficient a team is. Okay, so um, S&P Plus is, uh, it is a holistic um, team-wide stat about how well each team is playing, how not only like their, uh, their potential, like how good their team is on paper, but also how efficiently they are playing up to that. Okay, so it has basically five, there are five, they call them, or uh, Bill Connolly, who is like the college football stats god, mm-hmm. Bill Connolly has five factors that go into S&P Plus. Um, and I just want to run down them real quick, and you should definitely go on. There's a an advanced stat glossary on footballstudyhall.com that you should definitely look at. But his five factors are efficiency, efficiency, explosiveness, field position, drive finishing, and uh, turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And then he adds on to that uh, five-year, two-year recruiting ranking. So, um, and we can talk about recruiting later, but and each of those things are weighted as well. Yeah, they're all weighted. So yep. efficiency is, you know, how good are you at moving the ball? How good are you at stopping the ball? Um, you can be explosive and not efficient. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you're an offense that runs a lot of, that gets a lot of 30 yard plays, but when you're not getting 30 yard plays, you get two yards of play that you're not efficient. Um, explosiveness is the opposite of that. Like how good are you at getting those big chunk plays? How good are you at getting sacks, interceptions, turnovers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, field position, um, he do, he uses uh, average field position and field position plus, which is adjusted for where you started in this. Um, but it's basically just like a special teams measure. Like how good are your special teams at putting you in the right and positive field position? Um, drive finishing, he does not use um, he does not use the red zone. He uses what are your points per trip inside of the uh, inside of the forty. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically a metric of how often are you converting drives. Um, and then uh, turnovers is obvious. Turnover and adjusted turnover margin, um, So, which is adjusted a little bit more for opponent and for uh, basically the idea is that uh, forcing turnovers is not random, but recovering turnovers is. So a lot of times if you have a really, if you have a really good turnover rate, but you're getting 90% of the turnovers that you force, that's not like a... Um, that's not something you can carry all the way through the season. So adjusted turnover rate adjusts for that. Um, so that's what goes into S&P plus, but what you get out of that is just a raw number that lets you rank teams, you know, one to 117. Okay. So percentile rank, let's start there. Um, percentile rank is what portion of the aggregate college football bell curve that you, that you fall under. So, um, it is basically just like, how good are you compared to the like completely average team right um it's just where are you on the bell curve so like if 
in the same way that if you are in the 90th percentile on a um, standardized test or whatever in high school and college, like that's good. If you're in the 50th percentile, it's just like, okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what percentile rank does. Um, we also have like win expectancy, which we'll talk about. Uh, our mainly, proposed win expectancy. Yeah, we'll talk about that today. But win expectancy is mainly in, inside of um, looking at results of what's already happened and then also projecting out forward. It's not something that we'll use as much in the season, I don't think. Oh, yeah, it's so, going to be tougher then. Yeah. Um, well, we can talk about it at the end yeah, of the yeah, season we too. Yeah. yeah. So win expectancy just tells us how many times, based on S&P Plus and uh, the efficiency of each time, if we were to play this game a hundred or a thousand times, what percentage of the time would each team win? Mm-hmm. So um, a really good example of this is last year uh, in the Tennessee-Georgia game last year. Um, Georgia, at the end, after they threw the uh, really the Eason to Riley Hail Ridley Mary. Hail Mary, Georgia had a very high win expectancy at this point. So oh, yeah. if you play that game exactly to that point and you play that game from that point on a hundred times, Georgia wins like 92 of those times. Right. But then they didn't because win expectancy does not always predict the outlier results. Right. Yeah. But um, it is an important thing to note because it kind of shows you where your paper tigers are, because if a team is winning a bunch of games where it's win expectancy in the game is below 50%, like, you know, that might be fluke, that might be luck, that might be injuries on the other team. So it's hard to know. Um, it, it kind of reveals a lot of uh, sort of the behind the behind the numbers stuff to us. That was a rough game. I just yeah, wanted to say that I was there, and it I they threw that they threw the Eason to Ridley touchdown in the uh, Redcoats the Redcoats corner. It was to the Redcoats corner, and I remember seeing like uh, one of the guys who was standing next to me. One of the Caesar phones that I work with was just like Ridley's open. It was like in slow motion. <laughs> And I was so happy, but I had been around UGA football long enough to know, to know that if we are kicking off with 15 or a minute left, 15 seconds or to a minute left. It's not going to go well. Yeah, it's it's not going to be great. Um, oh, okay. One other thing we'll probably talk about is second order wins. Mm-hmm. Um, second order wins is basically just like if you played as well, if you played the way you did against the opponents you played, how many times would you usually win? So it kind of takes luck out of the equation. So if you played at whatever percentile you're at against whatever opponents you played, what would be your average record over that schedule? Because if if your second order wins are higher than your actual win totals, you're probably going to improve year to year. And that's actually going to be very relevant when we talk about the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game because Notre Dame has one of the highest second order win numbers versus their actual record in the nation. Um which yes. is why everyone says that Notre Dame has God on their side, kind of thing. Yeah, well, they just this year pull wins out of their, their butt. Well, they—I mean, they might this year, but last year they did not. You know, no. they went four and eight, and they went like zero oh and five, zero oh and six, or something in one possession game. So mm-hmm. they are probably going to be way better this year. Okay, so that's what we're going to be working <clears throat> with each year. I hope that that rambling, almost incoherent mess <laughs> comes through after editing correctly. Um, yeah, it'll be good. So really, Nathan, up to this point, had woven a rich tale of statistical narrative, and we were having a really great time uh, just kind of figuring out what our podcast was going to do. Um, But up to this point, it really wasn't a rambling mess. But due to a few other contributing factors... All right, I'm going to get us more beers. Yep. At a certain point, we began to lose steam and a sense of direction and decorum. Oh... (laughs) I'll have to edit out that burp I just had. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, okay. Anyway. Like, really, things got 
really unclassy real fast. So I was starting in 2000. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, we're trying to keep this. When, when I said PG-13, I, I, I thought I meant non-scatological, for God's sakes. But really, all joking aside, we had a lot of fun. We thought it was super productive. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. Um, I know next time we'll have a better idea of where we're going to go with everything now that we've kind of laid down a base idea of what stats we're going to look at and what's important to us on air. And um, really, you guys can tell us the same thing. So if you did listen to this, uh, you're probably listening to it on one of the big podcast venues like iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, all those different venues. Um, You can leave a comment and say, I think this was dumb or I think this was better. I wish you guys would have talked about this. And that'll really help us out to kind of cater it to who's listening to it because it's fun for us and we're going to keep doing it regardless. But those of you who are listening, we'd really like to cater a bit of it towards what you want to hear. Um, But also you can rate this, you can like this, you can comment, like I just said, and that helps us tremendously with exposure and uh, getting people to listen to the podcast and see the podcast. And you're welcome to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all those things. And um, just kind of as time goes on, I know this is going to get better and more involved and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And I hope you have a lot of fun listening. Thanks uh, again to Sarah Cruz for coming up with our name on the first go. And thanks to you for listening. And thanks to everyone else who is going to listen, I guess. But um, until next time, uh, I'm Justin and I'm signing off for Nathan as well because I'm in my home office and he is not here. And as always... Go, go!